Hey everybody, welcome back to Samaraology. Thanks for joining me here today. Today I'll be reading to you a piece called Sinia. Sinia is a Swahili word that refers to a large metal platter that food is served upon. The family would gather all around a Sinia while sitting cross-legged on the floor, and we would usually eat from it with our hands. When I read this piece aloud, I realize that I write a lot about food and eating. This is because I find it to be one of the most intimate ways to show someone you love them. When you feed someone, you are literally nourishing them. You are telling them, I want you to live another day. You are telling them, I want you to feel my love with every morsel of your being. Perhaps it seems a little dramatic, but that is how I view the world. I think that is how this piece came to be. I hope you enjoy. Sinia. When I miss my parents, I think about the foods we used to eat together. The red eggs they made in the morning and peppercorn porridges we sipped at night before bed. My parents would wake before everyone and start preparing our extravagant breakfast. When it was time to eat, we would pile the food onto the sinia. Eggs, fried potatoes, onions, and all on top of each other. A delicious hill of food. The smell would be nearly intoxicating at this point since making such a variety, quality, and amount of food to feed nine people usually took a couple of hours. Sometimes there would be a bowl of soup made from freshly slaughtered chicken. Even though we lived in urban Kansas City, we knew a farmer at the river market, a Mexican fellow that spoke only through grumbles, nods, and the stroking of his facial hair and furrowed brows. It was a risky venture for him to sell livestock there. Sometimes he would not show up for weeks. Sometimes we arrived late and all the plump chickens were chosen. Sometimes he had only ducks. Much to the dismay of my brothers, my parents would wake us up very early on a weekend to pluck the chicken feathers. The freshly slaughtered chickens were dunked in scalding hot water to soften the feather follicles. It would smell horrendous. My younger brother Munder somehow always disappeared on those days. I somewhat enjoyed the process. I liked the idea of seeing where my food came from and feeling like we were out on a farm. However, the meat wasn't particularly delicious to my brothers and I. You could taste that these chickens had a real life. They probably ran around, ate real bugs, and annoyed their owners early every morning. The fresh chicken had a gamey taste and sinewy texture. It was not soft and meaty like the factory chickens sold in the grocery stores. You had to fight it to eat every bite. To my parents, the chicken must have been a nostalgic taste of home. We would eat this farm chicken soup with mkate wamadi, meaning water bread. Mkate wamadi resembles crepes, but with a lighter, crispier texture. 
we like dipping it in honey. Other times, we might have mkate wa mayai, sliced French bread soaked in egg and immediately fried in a shallow layer of oil. It tastes like a less sweet version of French toast. The only store-bought bread we ate in our home came from the Vietnamese market. We mistakenly called it mkate wa kichina, meaning Chinese bread, even though it was actually a French baguette. To drink, there would be chai kavu, meaning black tea, or chaya maziwa, milk tea. The chaya maziwa often had spices like cloves, cardamom, and even black pepper. It was a feast indeed. I would have to say that it was our best time as a family. The days when all of us would sit on the large colorful straw yanbi together in a circle around the sinia and laugh at each other's stories. The days when the boys argued over sharing clothes and the Xbox controllers. I can't help but think of the shrinking circle around the sinia as years pass. Us growing, my parents getting softer, the house getting quieter. There aren't any more soccer balls to trip over since Sally and Munder moved into their own places. No longer can my mama yell at Abdul for not eating enough and spending his entire days slaving over his work. He's now doing that in some small, cozy, expensive room in New York City. And me, I'm married to a man that loves my cooking. My cooking is not only a way for me to show love, but a sort of time machine that lets me relive the love of my mother over and over. Thank you again for listening in on my story today. You can find every piece I've published so far on samiraology.com. I plan to publish either Mondays or Wednesdays, depending on the flow of my work. I'll see you next week.